Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code PROGRAM. Welcome to the Love Hour Podcast. Hi, Hour. Host, uh, Melissa Fredericks, and I'm joined by Kevin Allen Fredericks the third. All right. No. No. He's not at all. I do, I do uh wish I had that legacy. No, you don't. I want to be Trey Kev. Trey is actually a Trey very is the cool, best nickname for the third. It's absolutely a very cool nickname for the third, but you absolutely do you want to be able to stand as your own person. That's true. Or JR. Or JR. It's always interesting to me how you choose that. Or it's like AJ. Yes. Or KJ or whatever. Yes. Those are the only options. That's true. BJ's good too. Yeah, BJ's and CJ good. And CJ, DJ. DJ. DJ is okay. FJ doesn't, doesn't work. work. GJ GJ's is the worst. Is... HJ. Ugh. IJ. LJ works. JJ. JJ and MJ, but not NJ. OJ doesn't work. OJ no longer works. That kills as a nickname. <laughs> Welcome to the Love Hour. PJ works too. <laughs> it just got there? It just got there? I, I think this is COVID. We've had so much traveling. If you get COVID, we quarantine it together. I'm going to tell you right now, we're doing our 10 days together. I'm not, fin- I'm not, mine as well. They don't test you. Yes, they do, though. They test you on the leave, not on the come. Oh, we didn't have to do it on the way there? Mm-mm. I saw that, Joshua. I looked away because I... He, he, he didn't do it. Do what? Oh, you didn't get it at all. You said on the leave, not on the come. Oh, semen. <laughs> uh, we talk about life, love, and the pursuit of happiness and kind of everything in between. For example, if you have a junior, what do you call them? If you have a junior, what do you call them? <laughs> junior, J-R, the first letter, J, what do you call them? Um, but in addition today, listen, we've had a very... It's been a long weekend, to be honest, and it has caused me to think about the Love Hour Today's episode a little bit differently than typical. So we're going to break it down into basically three segments, and I'm hoping that each segment is about 15 to 20 minutes, which would get me to my good, good hour. Good, good hour, good, good, clean. Good, good, clean hour. Or you could do 10-minute segments and have it be a shorter episode. You, You reserve that right. Okay, got it. You can it. do 10 minutes break, 10 minutes to 45 minute episode, and people just have to understand. No, no, no. We have ads. I'm saying you could do the ad. It's in thirds, not by, it doesn't have to be oh, an that's hour. True. It's percentages. Yeah, 30% you're right. 30% could be right. 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah, I 10 got 10 minutes, you. 10 minutes. Got you. It is percentages. Okay, yeah. we're going to make it do what it do. Are All you ready? Right. Yes. Uh, did you introduce yourself? Kevin Alfred. Oh, third. that's right. That's how we went on that whole conversation. Oh, let me do this because I know you want to see. All right. So here we go. Uh, we're going to start the segment this week with this week as a Fredericks. Yes. And we're this just going to talk Dome. about um, some of the things that occurred to, with us over the course of this week, relationship or otherwise. I love this. Uh, I love this as a continuing segment. Oh, you do? I do. Okay. Then I have to start remembering. I want to make sure your love hour is easy for you to produce. I know you put a lot of pressure on yourself it, to find yeah. original things you 
you have been reluctant, although you're changing to do pop culture stuff. No, but pop I think- culture does bother me if it feels, I'll tell you what my honest to goodness, like kind of hesitation is with pop culture is I never want it to feel salacious, yes. scandalous or provocative. It's not the energy that I like to live on. Um, and, and so I never want to come across as if we're just doing it, trying to like ride the wave Absolutely. of something that's happening. Cloud chasing. Yeah, that feels, it just doesn't, it just doesn't all the way feel good to me. But you could do what we, what can we learn from this? And I think yes. that's what you're doing today. Yes. And so that's more of the angle I want to, but if it's just like very salacious, even when we did what you call it, I, I listen, I walk the line which, when which we did, uh, child, I can't even think of this man's name. Uh, what's his name? Derek Jackson. You walk the line like uh, Johnny Cash. I, yeah, most certainly walk that line. And it was, you know, I walked the line. I did struggle, if I'm being honest, a couple days yeah. afterward. Uh, mm-hmm. There was a conversation that I was like, I don't know if, if I really did what I intended. I don't really know. So um, that's what, that is honestly my hesitation with Fair. Uh, with with pop culture. Fare thee well. Yeah. So anyway, this week as a Fredericks, we visited Washington State for uh, Kevin's show. You had six sold out shows. Congratulations. How did it go for you? Uh, my set is getting better. Uh, I've been very nervous. Not nervous. I felt underprepared. Mm-hmm. In years prior, I've always had the time to work out my set. Yeah. I've always taken the time to work out my set. Uh, comedy clubs just last week opened up indoors in L.A. Yeah. So I didn't have the time to work out. Yeah. Keep your distance. Um, because I was booking so many comedians, I couldn't work out. And I actually, towards the end, I didn't want to work out material I was just about to do on tour. Sure. Because a lot of the stage crew are the ones buying the tickets. So I wanted to have it be fresh for them. But I didn't really have any alternatives. So right. now I've had to work my stuff out on stage traditionally. But also, I challenge myself to do a lot of new material. So my set is probably about 70%. I would say higher than that. Maybe even eight, actually probably 85. I actually only have like one joke that's been done before and all the way worked out. Yeah. The other ones were, I did a little bit, one other is a little bit pandemic. But the first 40, 30 minutes straight is all new stuff brand spanking new and in general most comedians aren't doing that much material might be 40 percent new uh so i was just like man but also i needed to push myself to create more new stuff and there's a limit on it because it's like pandemic you know stuff that happened during the pandemic specific it's time specific it's not gonna make sense two or three years right 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 so as a comedian i love that part of the craft but as a person and this is why tacoma is a little tougher when you're back home, you right. don't get the downtime you normally have. So we had the food show we're shooting for the app, and we had Y'all Are In Town, I Want to See You. So I didn't have as much time to myself to go over my set like right. I like in uh, Utah. Right. Food show over, I'm back at the hotel going over my set a million times. Right. We got people in the green room. I never have people in the green right. room. Right. Never yeah. really folks have. Folks was up in there. Folks was up in there, so my time was limited. But overall, it was great because the energy was fantastic. And I, Lance actually said this, and I was really happy. He said, you know what I like about your audiences? Because he'd done about 10, 15 dates with us. Mm-hmm. He said, I never feel like I have to prove I'm funny. Yeah, people yeah, People who yeah. come to your shows, they are coming with good energy. They want to have a good time. They're happy who's there. Yes. They're not. You don't have to prove you're funny to right. them. So 
Uh, stage crew is great. Electric energy at all the shows. It's fantastic. Yeah, I thought the show was great. I really, truly enjoyed um, the set. The pieces that you have specifically about the kids, not to ruin it for anyone, I found hysterical. Like, I literally had tears in my eyes. Did you so really? I did. I thought it was quite hilarious. Uh, some who of what? I said I got photos. Oh, photos. I was laughing hysterically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was hysterical. Um, I, 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 I'm so happy that you were able to push yourself and kind of, I was one of the ones that was like, if you don't do any church jokes, I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm almost there. I was yeah. telling you that I'm yeah. almost there. Um, but I think I personally like them. That's what I was going to say. And th- that's kind of the difference is um, proving to yourself you can do it and then simply deciding, but I like them. I like that button. I think there is a, um, there is something about doing something because your audience enjoys it. And then there's also something about doing something because I enjoy yeah, it. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's great. So yeah. Cause my early sets were 70%. Yeah. When I first started stand up a hundred percent church, mm-hmm. cause we didn't have, I didn't have kids. Right. I had, well, church and growing up black. Yeah. But now I'm married. I have that material that I didn't have. I have my children. I was, I used to be worried. Uh, my material, my kids were babies was a lot easier. Yeah. But when they grew, it was like, y'all ain't really done nothing different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And y'all are too old for me to use the stuff from when you were babies. But I, this year I have a joke that's about my kids that is relative to where they are in life now. Yeah. And I was like, I ain't gonna hold y'all. I'd be insecure. Not insecure, but like, dang, am I gonna be yeah, funny there's again? There's some doubt, and yeah. you know, yeah, I get it. It's like it's, if you write a great song, you'd be like, can I write exactly. a song like that again? Right, right, right. And that's what I. That's kind of what I feel like. But the best thing about me is the stage crew. They'd be there ready to laugh. Yeah, I think so too. They were great. It was great to go, you know, like you said, home. Uh, Washington is always an interesting place because I know that people, because we were there for so long, they do consider it like going home. But I always think about home in terms of the place I go because that's where my mom, where I grew up at, yeah. it's where I graduated high school, graduated college, had my kids, and my parents are still there. And that's a drawback of military life. Yeah. Well, I, I actually... For, I think for you, your parents moved because of military. My parents moved, and it wasn't that, though. It was the divorce. That's true. Yeah, yeah my parents your would parents have stayed might there. Have been there. Yeah, no, absolutely. They would have still been they there. They absolutely 100% would have been there. And so going there is very, I don't know, it's a very unique experience for me. It's kind of like, I don't know, I have, I have all of, like, I have very mixed emotions about Washington, and it got me thinking actually yesterday about Church Hurt, and I'm not going to make this an episode because it, I think it's deeper than like a segment it's like an entire mm-hmm. episode about like overcoming church hurt like what that means what that looks like because i know a lot of people i don't know i think there's like some skepticism and cynicism i think is the, the better yeah. word around yeah. church hurt yeah um but it's real yes it is real for me yes it is something that i experienced and trying to differentiate um god's people from god is a process understood of course they always should have been separated but sometimes people pastors leaders whatever they can become a proxy for god and when they hurt you it is very easy to turn off church as a whole uh that's not what my story that is not what i did however if that is your story, I'm just here to say that I sympathize, I empathize, I get it. And so trying to overcome those things um, has been a process. And I think it's been a process since we moved out here. 
Um, but I think we are on, you know, going there, the anxiety, the first year we went there in 2018, I had such a tremendous amount of anxiety. I literally had to walk the mall to like calm myself down because I was so anxious. Um, and to kind of come full circle where I didn't feel as much anxiety this time, I was actually kind of looking forward to seeing some of my friends or whatever. It was kind of a very full circle moment. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I, um, don't have the same thing as much uh, as you. I felt like uh, we are back on the right track to to like um, having positive mm-hmm. positive experiences with Washington. And personally, I'm back on the right track with eating right and working out. Boom. And a lot of that has to do with Noom. Uh, Noom is all about getting on track. Listen, I'm on the road. We're shooting a food show. The bottom line is I'm going to have a bad day or a bad weekend. Uh, tend to have a bad weekend, turn that into a bad month. Bad month becomes a bad quarter. Bad quarter becomes a bad year. Uh, the best thing about Noom is it's the easiest to get back on track. You have a couple of days off where you miss your workout or you miss eating right, fine. We're all human. I lifted two days in a row. I haven't lifted in two days because my <laughs> chest was so doggone sore. I was like, I need to switch this up. But because Noom is Noom, I missed my workout yesterday out of sheer exhaustion, but today after my meetings around six, I'll get back. Yes. And I need that sort of get back right on track accountability that Noom offers. Noom is forgiving because you're human. If you go off track, you'll be back on track tomorrow. Everyone is busy, and that's why Noom doesn't demand much of your time. They only ask for about 10 minutes a day. And if you don't have 10 minutes a day, you honestly you should reevaluate your schedule because it really means you get, you're out of balance. You're out of rhythm. Because we don't believe in balance. We don't. I believe in a rhythm. Finding yes. the rhythm of life and you could be moving faster than you can, uh, than you should. And therefore, you don't have any time for yourself. And you always want to be able to carve out time for yourself. Yes. About, or, or I'm sorry, over 80% of numerous finished the program and over 60% has stuck with their goals for at least one year. There is a science to getting healthier. It is called Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom. That's N-O-O-M dot com slash love hour. Learn how to eat again with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom, N-O-O-M dot com slash love hour. Ready to learn how to live healthier? Sign up at Noom today at Noom dot com, N-O-O-M dot com slash love hour. Love hour. All right. So the last thing I wanted to say on that is I have a dating show. This is more announcement, I think, that is fully underway. I'm super excited about it. I've been meeting with my producers. And if you know any men, this is the real call to action. (laughs) Men. If you are interested in joining the Dating Show, you are one of the few good men out there and you are looking for your match and you trust me and what I represent to match you, please apply to the show. Um, I say that because we have some, and not to say that the men that have applied thus far aren't phenomenal, but when I tell you we have some phenomenal women. And the ratio is just a lot. And the, and the ratio is out of whack. And these women are educated. They are beautiful. They are about their father's business. You hear me? These women are beautiful. So if you're interested, please go to the link. Uh, Greg, I will send you the link. If I do not, please ask me for it. And I will give it to you. Um, so that way you can apply. Please, please, please. Men, men, men. Apply, apply, apply. And the link is also in her link tree on her Instagram. Yes. All right. 
Uh, next, black culture. These are some of the relationship things that happened. There is a thing going around with Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union. And I only watched like a two and a half minute clip from yeah. E. And he's talking about what he, I heard him say you is. Play it? Sure. Everybody's favorite power couple is in front of me. Well, and Dwayne, I love what you said of Gabrielle, your beautiful wife. You said, it's not my job to change who she is. It's my job to be a part of the evolution. That was good. That was deep, babe. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in relationships, you know, we come in and we try to change people. We try to change them to the way that we want them to be. But I decided to start taking a different approach, you know, in this, in this relationship. I think early on, I came in like, hey, you get two drink max, uh, bop, 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 bop. And she didn't respond well to that. No, it did not. <laughs> it was reasons for that, too. That's, let me say that. Um, I have a good time. <laughs> Life of the party right here. It's not the man leads and a woman follows. That's not what we live in this house, you know, yeah. at all. So for me, I have a wife that works just not not just as hard, harder than I. Um, mm -hmm. And she had her own career. She had her own life before I came alone. So from my, from my perspective, it was like, okay, how can I be a part of the growth and the evolution of who she is? And not yeah. trying to change her or stunt or stunt her growth or make her in in the way that I see fit. How, how thrilling are, is it that? Okay, that she, that's the caveat part. All right, so essentially he's talking about the fact that when they got married, they were older, um, and he feels like you know it's not his job to change who he is. He had an idea of what marriage would be, what the relationship would be, what the roles would be. He talks about her having like a two-drink max, whatever, mm -hmm. whatever, whatever. And then he came to the conclusion that it's not my job to change who you are, but instead to be part of your growth and evolution. Yes. I don't understand kind of the hoopla behind this the flack I do, he took? yeah the flack that he took I, I do understand he where it. he said in my household I don't lead or he said something along those lines and I'm not quite sure um I, I can understand while someone might stay especially if you're coming from a very biblical perspective the man should lead the man That's should it. lead I felt that, and it'll kind of actually go into a little bit of the question that we got today about marriage ultimately being a partnership. Yes. And I, to me, that's more of what he was communicating, that he's not coming in trying to rule with an iron fist. And yes. when I think about even the way that I imagine uh, that God would intend it to be, it's not that you come in and you control me. If God gave me agency over my own body, why would I then turn that over to you as my husband? Yes. That kind of seems contradictory to me. I don't know. You can educate me in the comments. Um, but it's, <laughs> it does feel contradictory if God, the sovereign one, gives gives me agency and the power of choice and free will why would I then have to turn that over to someone else so I don't think that's I so I to me he was looking at his marriage in terms of partnership and even if he does lead he's not leading with an iron fist and I think that's the, what you said is the, the last thing you said is what I think a lot of men especially think leading is blind dictatorship with no questionable you cannot question my authority yes even I, who is married to a beautiful, loving woman, proud, strong, and uh, biblically sound, <clears throat> I do not lead you in the sense of this is what we are doing. Yeah. I, you, go, you go where I say. Leading, a good leader takes input from everybody that's yes. a part of his team. Yes. Uh, we say this example often. I think it's a good example. When I wanted to move to L.A., leading for me was... Melissa, here's what I, I want to move. Yes. Here's how I think things will work. 
Let me share my plan with you. What do you think? Yes. Some people think leading is, Melissa, we're moving to L.A. Yes. No matter what you say. Yes. Here's where we're living. Here's what we're doing. As I am your husband, you blindly follow me. Any question you have, you are not respecting my leadership. Yes. Even when you lead employees, you're leading grown adults, right? You're not telling them to do whatever you say, and they have no questions about that. And if you are that leader, I'm here to tell you you're a terrible leader, and your employees can't stand you. (laughs) Right. Like that leader is, we're not talking about Fidel Castro, Saddam Hussein. Right, right. Any great leader takes into consideration the thoughts, concerns, uh, opinions of the people he is leading or he or she is leading. Yeah. Uh, a marriage should be the same thing. I think people think it's an iron fist dictatorship and that's no way to lead. Yes. A way to, you know, and I think, um, <clears throat> I think, uh, a lot of times I'll just say men on the internet there. We have a, a terrible misconception for that submission thing always means do whatever I say. Um, no matter what, even when you think about, S&M and Fifty Shades of Grey and Sub and Dominant. Mm-hmm. I didn't know a lot about that, but, you know, we've talked about it from mm-hmm. the, the movie and mm-hmm. people in some of the people in the stage mm-hmm. are into that. The dominant person or the submissive person has a lot of say so. Yes. They have safety. They, they have all type of stuff. Yeah. Even in those completely submissive bound and gag things. Yes. There's still rules of engagement. And the person who is the sub is supposed to feel safe. Yes. So if you can have the thing where I'm binding and gagging you and that person feels safe, then obviously in a healthy relationship, there is a way to lead where the person is feeling seen, heard, and valued. And that wouldn't even, even when I led my group of tellers, nobody want as an adult, nobody wants to sat there and be, sit there and be told what to do. No. No question. Like even soldiers, right? Generals, mm-hmm. they create battle plans. They set those up with the lieutenants, the captains. People are actually going to be on the ground. Even the soldiers are going to say, hey, man, this is happening or that's happening yep. or whatever. Here's what I think we should do. And yes. that's how you get better for overall, you know, whatever you're trying to do. And I think that's the biggest misconception is people think if you are a wife who uh, needs to be submissive, it, they, they equate being submissive with being docile, docile. Yes. Like, and that's not any woman worth to me, to me. I wouldn't want to be married to Melissa who's docile. We're just going to do whatever. Because a lot of the things that make her great is her difference in opinion from me. And me listening. Mm-hmm. The reason our move to L.A. worked is because I included her in the pan and plan. And then you don't get into like a I told you so thing. Because if I lead you and I make a mistake, well, you didn't listen to me. So it better work perfectly. Mm-hmm. And it's just an un, unhealthy way to set your marriage up, yeah. you know, for, for success. Even my doggone children now. We're their parents, but we still take into account how they want to be loved. Isaiah will let me hug and kiss him all day, every day. Mm-hmm. He's okay feeling love that way. Josiah, don't hug me, don't kiss me. You tell me I love you by coming in playing FIFA with me. And when y'all are watching The Circle or Hoarders, I'm going to come sit in between y'all. We're going to yes. watch an episode or two. Yes. That's his love. I can't tell him you feel love the way I say. Right. When I hug you and kiss you, that's how you feel love. How am I going to tell you how you feel love? I want you to come to my soccer game and be up in there cheering, for, yeah. but don't cheer. Right. Just be there. I don't know what's wrong with that kid. Just be up in there. Yeah. You know, so 
uh, I think there's a lot of times that issue. And I don't think you can marry the woman of your dreams if that's how you think you have to talk to her. And that's how she should be listening to you. Yeah, I think that there is a lot, a huge misconception about what that means, uh, what submission means. And I think something that you hit on that's really, really important in all of this that's often missed in the conversations of submission is the idea of safety and vulnerability. Yeah. And that for the most part, uh, you know, you can lead this household, at least for me, and this isn't a statement I'm making very blanketly, but if Kevin, you are the man of the household and I respect you as the man and I am okay with you leading, that is fine. But what I have to know that my concerns will be heard, that my, um, my opinions will be validated and that when you're making a decision that I will be considered. If because it's going to affect you. Because it's going to affect me. If yeah. everything that you do feels selfish and self-centered and it is all about you and not considered me, what you're going to have are two people that are going to be constantly bucking. Not because I'm just arguing with you for the sake of arguing with you, because I'm arguing I'm arguing with you because I feel like I need to make sure that I'm considered in this plan. Yes, because your life is going be- to be affected. Exactly. And you're, when we move to L.A., that means your friends that you had were gone. The job that you had was yes. gone. The church that we went to was gone. The comfortability of living somewhere for 13 years yes. is gone. Uh, the financial security was changed. Yes. Our mortgage was, our, our apartment rent was double our mortgage. All of our bills went up. All of those things. And our income went down. Yes. And so all of those things have to be considered. And I think a lot of times, uh, women, I may call you out, and I apologize if this is anti-girl code, but I'm, I'm about <laughs> to maybe call you out a little bit, but I really intended to be a call out for the man. That for women who often are not considered submissive, she don't submit, she don't submit, underneath it all, she may actually be saying, I don't trust you. Ooh. I don't trust your decision making. Yes. I don't trust that you value what I'm saying. You're, I don't trust. I feel like, as an example, <clears throat> just because I say go right, you're going to prove we got to go left because yeah. I'm the man and that's what we need to do. And so that's what we're going to do. And you running into every hurdle, mm-hmm. every rail, uh, roadblock, every red flag, mm-hmm. you just going to run through it all because I say go this way. Yeah. Well, then guess what? We're going to have to fight. <laughs> We're going to have to fight, especially when you add children to the mix. Yes. The women, I feel like I have to be vouching for my, me, my concern, my safety, my well-being, and those of the children. Yes. Because what you're doing feels selfish. So, for example, one, this is just a practical example of our real life. I love the support of my family on the road. I feel better. I perform better when I have support of people around me. Uh, so the first tour, that meant taking the kids with us as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, practically that was taxing on them yes. because they're traveling red eyes and they're, uh, they weren't in school, but they, it's a lot to do. Through. It's a lot for adults. It was a lot for them. So this go around, mm-hmm. we said, Hey, um, what do you guys want to do? Yes. How would you like to spend your summer? Would you like to come on the road with me? Do you want to stay home? And we even gave Isaiah and Joe the choice individually yes you guys don't even have to do what you both want and melissa i gave her the choice because Mm -hmm. yes i want you i feel better about having you guys on the road but do you enjoy that because now whatever work you had to do is cut in half your week cut in half we got in yesterday we're leaving tomorrow yes do you even want to do that because this is my dream and it's going to affect you do you want to do that because i've got a certain routine that i have on the plane on the thing i've got my ritual 
And part of my rituals are better served because of ritual vitamins. Yes. The multivitamin you know and trust. I got protein powders that can feel intimidating. And their formula's opaque. Well, the truth is deep down, as in a cellular level deep, we all need protein. And it's all about more than just our muscles. So our team of scientists, Josh, you know what they did? They reimagined protein from the ground up and inside out, from how it's made, who it's for, and why it's needed. The result is a delicious plant-based protein offered in these premium formulations for distinct life stages and unique nutrient needs. Where are the nutrients? <laughs> All made from the same high standards approach and commitment to traceability that Ritual is known for. Four. Listen, I'm trying to get my life right. We was telling you about that earlier, and I try to eat less meat now. Meatless Mondays sometimes, uh, at least one or two meals with no meat. So that means I need to get protein to compensate. And Ritual, oh, yeah, their protein is compensating. It's easy. You know, I love the, the foundation to my health, but the, the taste is cool because I don't like that chalky taste. I don't either. A lot and of a protein, protein stuff, protein shakes, protein bars. Yes, I feel like my so teacher chalky. said, hey, have you seen my chalk? Oh, is it ground up in your drink? Yes. Oh, great. And I hate and it turns me off from that. It so then I get too. milkshakes because I don't get that, you know, that chalky taste. And Ritual, they incorporate a good amount of protein without sacrificing taste. It's clean. It's plant-based formula. It's specifically created to support nutrient needs of different life stages, 18 plus, pregnancy, postpartum, 50 plus, 20 grams of pea protein, plus a complete am amino acid profile helps to fill common dietary gaps, okay? It tastes great. So you listen to this. Why not shake up your ritual? To make trying something new less scary, ritual offers a, a money-back guarantee. If you're not 100% in love, get your money back, plus... Our listeners get 10% off during your first three months. Just visit 10%, Josh. And you know how? Visiting ritual.com slash love hour and add your essential protein protein today. That's ritual.com slash love hour. Love hour. And now we're going to tell you about honey. Joshua just used honey, I believe, for Mother's Day. I did. Yes. he used, Actually, he texted me. He was like, Melissa, I just used honey. And I got, let me tell y'all, hold on. I'm going to find a text message. Because it's a real thing. Hold on. You did. Hold on, you guys. Joshua literally used honey for Mother's Day and got his mother. Hold on. Oh, here it is. Flowers. Was it? Yes. He said, remind me if I forget, I use honey on pro flowers for my mom for Mother's Day. Yeah, you did. Because you're a good son, Josh. You but you're a homeowner, so you got to save a little bit of change. You got to pay for the Tesla. It don't pay itself. Every month they want a little bit of that money for that Tesla. <laughs> but with Honey, you can save some money because Honey will scour the internet on your behalf, searching for coupon codes um, to apply at checkout on your behalf. She is quite literally your best friend that always got the homie discount. She has friends at over 30,000 stores online. They range from sites that have tech, gaming products, fashion brands, food delivery, you name it. She has the hookup and she will automatically apply I keep calling her she. I feel like Honey's I respect your homegirl. Because yeah, your homegirl like, be hooking you up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More than your homeboys. Yeah, yeah, your yeah. homegirl got you. Uh, Honey is a free <laughs> shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and apply the best one it finds at your checkout. Uh, oh, let's see. How much did you save, Joshua? Uh, I, probably 
15 percent discount yeah Mm -hmm. that's a really good discount uh so if you don't already have honey you could straight up be missing out on free savings it's literally free and installs in just a few seconds and by getting it you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this podcast i never recommend something i don't use joshua uses honey quite often actually Yes, he has the extension automatically, so it does it for you. It's like a no-brainer, to be honest. Get Honey at for free at joinhoney.com slash love. Love. That's joinhoney.com slash love. Love. All right, did we squeeze all the juice out of this Dwayne Wade situation? I feel like we covered it. Okay. All right. Uh, and also, I want to say one more thing. All right, one more squeeze. Let your marriage be defined by what works for your marriage. Hundred percent. Let 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 you and your wife or you and your husband find out what works as people, love languages, sex, whatever. Maybe you guys are all handies in mutual masturbation. Maybe you never go pee in the G, pee in a, pee in mouth. Maybe you just go handy me up, flick me up. It's called liquid play. What's that? P. Liquid play? Oh, no. I was saying P and V G. Oh. Liquid oh, sorry. play? Sorry. Is that? If you want liquid play, if you like getting. Play. Yes, when people I'm not going to kink shame you. If you like liquid play or scat play, you like a little duke on your butt, don't, whatever. Don't yuck their yuck. I'm not going to yuck, yuck the yum. Your yuck ain't my yuck. But we always feel like, I think a lot of times we feel like I've got to fit into your box of what's yes. good. Maybe you just like this and that. Ha, 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 ha. Someone said, let's turn the wrong corner. <laughs> that was so funny. Be free in your own marriage. Flick that clip. Oh, that was funny. Dude, this is my stuff. Oh, we're not getting out. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> Thumb in the butt. If you like a little thumb in the butt, get a little thumb in the butt. If you don't, say no, man. Yeah, the song where I say a little thumb in the butt. If you don't like thumb in the hey, man, thumb in the butt ain't for me. Don't get it out of there. But if you like it, I love it. Yeah, get that thumb out of there. Get a little stinky thumb. That ain't my thing. Okay? But there's so much freedom. Yes, there is. And saying this works for me and my wife. And you also, here's another thing, a little tidbit of knowledge your way. Everybody ain't got to know everything. 100%. Y'all just hush. What I do, and me and Melissa share a lot, but trust me, there's a lot of stuff we don't share. We know ourselves. We know our audience. We know people might feel the way. You'd be like, man, how about y'all don't know nothing? The marriage bed is under fire. I don't know exactly what that means, but mind your business. Hello, that's what it means. Uh, it's so funny you said that. We're starting uh, the book club, the uh, Michelle Williams book, Checking In, this month. And uh, I literally did a post about like setting some ground rules. And the third one is... While transparency and vulnerability is important, so is privacy, honor your own boundaries. Absolutely. And I think in the age of even I can fall into an oversharing mode, but learning your own boundaries, what is um, maybe therapeutic or helpful for you to share because you want to help someone else and where you're like, nah, that's I'm going to keep that. That's I, mine because for me only. You want to help okay people too. can use it. I'm sorry. I mean, Go ahead. People can use that against you. Yeah. And I think especially for people like us, creators who are putting their life on the line for people's entertainment and consumption and help, uh, people can disagree with you and then make you feel a way about what works for you. Yes. You ain't saved. You ain't right. Y'all shouldn't be doing nothing like, listen, there's an old saying in the black community. If you like it, I love it. Facts. I can't tell you what 
is good for you. People get on missionary positions. Some people like it. Some people can only do that. Yeah. For certain health readings, people can't do that. Don't feel bad about what works for you in the bedroom, in your life, in your parenting. I used to feel so bad because in our relationship, uh, I felt like as the man, I need to do the money. I was doing the money. It was not going well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there was not a penny being saved when I was in charge of the bills. <laughs> there was Josh... For the betterment of our lives, this was a, maybe our first year. Yeah. I'm talking about, I don't think I last six. Melissa came in, her bills came in. I said, man, I barely was doing my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All your own stuff plus student loans. I'm talking about, they was emailing us. I this is late. Your student loan. I know. This is late. That I was did. late. Where is this? I, everybody's asking for stuff. <laughs> Deacon was making me feel bad about it. And I said, man, listen, you ain't going to help raise my credit when I keep. And it wasn't even a money issue. No, it wasn't. It was, I was overwhelmed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember I, this was at the time, this before online banking. Yes. I would have to drive to Bank of America to pay my credit card in person. It was a lot. Feel how you feel. The reason we saved money, the reason we had money to move to Los Angeles, the reason we had savings accounts is because Melissa did that. If it was up to me, all the bills are paid, but I have $700 left. That means I should buy things with it. <laughs> things are bought. Back to zero. Can't wait for payday. Melissa got us out of debt. Mm -hmm. She created the snowball account. She created the whole formula. She rewarded us with the holiday off. Yeah. Let us go to Vegas and stay at the manor at the Circus Circus. $22. I'll never forget. We went on vacation. We were going to stay at the Circus Circus. I said, girl, we can never do this again. <laughs> Somebody got murdered in this manor. They gave us the room for $22. They did. They did. Josh. Somebody yeah. died for show. That's hilarious. But anyway, uh, but I felt free because I was like, man, you do your marriage how you do it. You Maybe you're good 100%. with the money. And I think that was the revelation that I felt like, uh, what's his name? Dwayne Wade was actually saying, what he was saying was that he came in with what he thought marriage should look like yeah. and then was able to pivot for what actually worked in his relationship. Because that's not going to work for Gabrielle Union. Nah, there's nothing about Gabrielle that says otherwise. So what, keep keep that keep yeah. you keep trying that and yeah. you're gonna be met with with great resistance. Yeah, yeah, at yeah. Every, yeah. <laughs> at, at and every it's surf. so much easier to go with the flow and the tide than it is to go against it. So happier life. Yeah. So work go do with what what works for you. The last thing I was gonna say because we were the comments right now are going off about the um the liquid play, play that I did learn from Dying for Sex podcast. The oh, she was getting from, liquid played. So uh, I just want to really quick. I just want to have to a it? go back. Listen, no, told y'all not to listen. No, no, no. Last time I listened, told them to listen, and then I finished, and now I want to take it back. Oh. Because on the podcast, I had only got to, like, episode two, and I was laughing out loud because it's so hysterical. It's so freaking funny, the first, like, two episodes. And then after I listened, we did the love hour, mm. I listened to episode three, and it changed. By episode four, I was like, eh, stop. Don't listen. Nobody, don't listen to this no more. Yes. Yes. Oh, so this is first, the next time you're live. Yes. Oh, they no, could have been finished. No, they were already invested. By episode six, this is what happened. I was doing my makeup because I had a shoot. I was... Lisa called me and said, I Kevin, was, I was sobbing. I was sobbing. Crying doesn't actually describe what was happening. I was Out sobbing. Loud. Not the good cleansing cry. The exhausting, I now need to take a nap cry. You got whooped? Yes. Like you got whooped. 
And this is, I'm telling you this because I don't want you to listen to this. So Rebecca and Gabby walked through the door and I had just finished the episode. I like forced myself to listen. Face puffy trying to do my makeup, but there's tears. So I'm trying to explain to them what's happening. As I'm talking to them, I'm crying again. It is such an emotional journey. That's hilarious. It is. It is a complete story. It is a rich story. It provides meaning to life in a way I've never heard. I've never experienced or been up close to someone in that way as they are approaching the end of their life. Mm -hmm. So it was my first experience in that way. And it was, it's such a beautiful, it really is such a beautiful gift to people who are living today. Yeah. Um, With that said, if you are not in a space to ball your eyes, like if you don't have that type of energy, don't listen. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're very trigger, it talks about cancer. It talks about death. If those are your triggers, avoid at all cost. Um, but it is a beautiful. It truly is a beautiful journey and a beautiful podcast that I do not recommend you listen to um, <laughs> at all. But ah. everyone who did listen, you are able to find really beautiful. The, that sixth episode is nothing but a, fry, a cry fest like that's all i did the entire episode but it's so beautiful it truly is it's really really beautiful so final answer listen or don't listen don't as i've sold you on it and you're so intrigued and now you're like well now melissa i want to listen don't don't save yourself the tears don't i did talk to one of my friends who was listening to while we were in tacoma actually and she had listened to it and she was like i didn't cry but my relationship with death is a little bit different because my mother-in-law passed from cancer and these were some of the conversations that mm-hmm. we had so it was a little bit different for her that it, i I I wasn't ready. The way the podcast was presented to me, I was completely expecting. And this is the other thing um, for me, and then we'll move on. If you guys remember last week, I said, I think I'm going to reach out to her. I think I'm going to reach out to her. I would love to have her on the podcast because it was new to me. I assumed it was new. It was a new podcast. No, it came out in 2019. What's the name of the podcast? Dying for Sex. And you thought. Yeah, don't ask questions. Don't ask questions. I think maybe living for section. Oh, oh. Yeah. Okay, I that's why y'all named it that. I certainly thought she was. Uh, it didn't occur. Okay. And the way it starts off, it's so funny that no. there's just no way. Yes, literally. And that's like so, me, Earl, and the dying girl. They tell you at the doggone beginning of that movie, this is not what you think. It's called this for a reason. She's yes. going to die. And then the movie starts, you're like, no way. Then she dies. And I was like, y'all told the truth? Yes. Why am I crying when you told me at the very beginning this was going to happen? I was not ready for this woman to die. I was not to the point where, okay, again, we are going to get off of this. To the point where when it started to become very apparent that you could like literally hear her health kind of deteriorating in the podcast, I stopped listening and I become a little obsessive with people. I found her Instagram. I was doing her Wikipedia. I was finding her friend. I like literally went through her whole Instagram to find like her last post. What did it look like? What was like, I was completely. (laughs) You are a glutton for punishment. Obsessed. You are a glutton for punishment. All the information about this woman because yeah, so I could cry more. Because I completely was in love with her. And then I probably like, girl, what are you doing? Get out of here. It was, it, I was, I was, listen. You need some other activities to do. No, I do. 
I do. And honestly, our kids need other activities. And what do they use? KiwiCo. Listen. Oh, yeah. KiwiCo. Look, I ain't going to hold y'all. The one thing I don't like about the pandemic is that our kids just sat at home and Zoomed and tubed it up. They weren't doing no activities. No, they weren't. Where are the choices? Where are you growing? All they want to do is play video games. Yeah, and that, there's a time and a place for that. Time and place. But you also got to exercise other parts of yes. your mind and your brain. And look, I'm looking forward to this summer swimming, kayaking, whitewater rafting, rock climbing, things of that nature, gardening. And I want them super cool STEAM projects for my kids during the summer. I want them to go back to school refreshed. And with the KiwiCo subscription, our kids get a crate full of fun science and art projects every month. I love to have my children express themselves with more than just their words. I love to have them challenge themselves with more than just their phone. We love to do that stuff. When I was a kid, I used to love model trains and connecting them and painting them and things like that. Those projects really pushed me to put things together and to see a project to completion and now my kids i listen they have a good time they were at first like oh man what is this crate what do you want to do what do you what do you want out of me and then they were like hey man low-key that was kind of fun and as a parent it's hard to find creative ways to keep your kids busy and screen free while stretching their brain but now at kiwico it does the legwork for you so you can spend quality time tackling projects together there's something for kids of all ages and the best part about it is we talked about my son jojo he is a quality time person. So instead of just sitting there um, um, saying, I love you, I love you, we sit up with him and we do the arcade, arcade claw. We did a fun with flight thing where we made a kite and we went out because our dog on neighborhood is super windy anyway. Sure so is. putting the, ti- the, the tight, putting the kite together and then going out and flying it was a great experience. We made a rocket. It was all kind of fun types of things. Okay, so listen to this. With KiwiCo, there's something for every kid or kid at heart every month. Get 30% off your first month plus free shipping on any crate line with the code LOVEHOUR. LOVEHOUR. At KiwiCo.com. That's 30% off your first month at KiwiCo.com. That's K-I-W-I-C-O.com. Promo code LOVEHOUR. Give your kid something other than a screen. Give them the gift of quality time. Boom. And now back to the show. Um, yeah, so the name of the podcast is Dying for Sex, by the way. Liquid Play. Uh, and if I does, wanted to liquid play, Melissa, I would have to ask her permission. You don't just, it ain't playing when the other person don't know we playing. Yeah, she tells the story how she got into the situation of How that. does she get liquid played? Uh, yes. Well, I don't know if, it, but that's what was he called it. Was she the player it. or the playee? She was the peer. She re- he, he was receiving of the play. Yes. She wasn't into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is, you guys want to tell me the, you guys want me to tell you the premise of the podcast? Okay, I can tell it. Okay, so this is the the premise of the podcast. There is a woman, her name is Molly. She was diagnosed with um, cancer. Uh, She was married for like 15 years at the time. Actually, I think it was probably less than, than at the time. And then she goes into remission. It comes back and it's terminal. Mm. At that time, she decides to leave her marriage of 15 years. That's why I said it was probably less at the time. But uh, she decides to leave her marriage at 15, of 15 years and go on these sexual escapades as a way to feel more alive in her body. Mm-hmm. 
So she is, there's something about this woman that I, 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 that's so special, I think, the, in the way that these men describe her. Because most of the time, she's meeting these men on Bumble. It seems to be her dating platform of choice. Bumble is the one where the girl makes the first move, yeah. I is believe. It? Okay. Yeah. Um, and so, but the way these men describe her as just kind of being this non-judgmental soul that allows you to come in and be your full self without shame mm. is kind of the, her superpower. So anyway, she tells this really hysterical story about uh, she went on like this kind of threesome date. They didn't have sex, but she kissed the girl and was like, yeah, this isn't really for me. I'm going to do something else. So she <laughs> ends up going on Bumble. I love how guy. you're saying it like you tasted hummus. You know, I don't like hummus. That's essentially. I'm going to just, I'm going yeah, <laughs> to go to Ziki. Like, that's basically as simple as that. Yes. No more, and no so less. So she goes to this bar, goes on Bumble. Ha- matter of fact, she's from Ventura or from like Sermon Way. There's like a, a bar she used to go to down there. Oh, yeah, yeah, Ventura Boulevard. Uh, I said Sherman Way. I met Sherman Oaks. Yeah. Um, so anyway, she um, meets this guy there and she tells this hysterical story that I don't know if I should spoil it. Spoiler still- alert. Okay, it's still really funny. So she tells this hysterical story. She meets this guy. They're, like, flirting, whatever. And she's like, you know, let's go to the car and, like, make out or whatever. So they go from the front seat to the back seat. And she, like, grazes over his area. And he says, oh, God, you shouldn't have done that. And so she mimics him, say, oh, 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 because he starts to ejaculate. But he didn't want to ejaculate in the car. From the graze? Yes, from the grays only. They did nothing else. Pants and on? So, no, pants are off. Dangerously close. Oh. Yes, dangerously <laughs> close. Dangerously <laughs> close. So she open, he opens the door. Don't graze me. Yes, and that's what she said he did. She said all of a sudden you hear the man go, oh, 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 oh. So he opens the door, uh, you know, lets releases of himself, closes the door. Yes, on the concrete. On the concrete? The bar. Parking lot. Yes, because she didn't want it in the car. But wait. Come. He closes the door. The car alarm goes off. Oh, no. <laughs> Don't look it. I've been released. It's so black car. you going to see that. Who yes. threw up? That ain't. So he's fumbling. Big steam energy. Big. So he's fumbling in his car trying to find his keys. Cause I don't. That's happened to me. I don't know if you've ever been in your car when the car alarm goes off. I was like, when you came outside oh. on the concrete? I said, when we did that? I don't remember. I've been in my car From when the, the car alarm goes off. That's oh, never yeah. happened. My car alarm goes off in this parking lot all the time. Oh, I my have truck been is. inside of my car when the car alarm goes off. And it is the most like, why? How? I'm sitting here. What's happening? It's like super confusing. So anyway, he's fumbling, trying to find his keys. He eventually finds them. Everything kind of calms down. And then he's just like, so should I take you home? <laughs> huh. I mean, I've, I've had a great time. No, he did try to, but this is the funny thing. So the, her interviewer, which is her friend, Nikki is like, we should call him. Let's see if he'll answer. So she calls the dude. He ends up being like a writer of some sort in Hollywood. So he tells this story often in his writing. He's like super, super cool about it. He's like, of course I remember. It's a hard night not to like a hard night to forget. I tell all of my friends, whatever. 
Either way, he's like, I think so fondly of that night. I have no ill will toward this woman. Like, she was so gracious, so sweet, so nice, whatever. That's episode one of this podcast. What does that have to do with liquid play? Well, I'm just telling you episode one. Oh, that, like, okay. She's going on these sexual escapades. I thought she was like, okay, then I'm fit to pee on you because no, of that. No, so she, well, she gets deep into the world of, like, kinks and fetishes. Oh, so she's exploring all facets of oh, sex. she had all the sex with all the people. Okay, this woman was just out here doing what she wanted to do, how she wanted to do it, full agency over her body. So she tells this other story where she's uh, dating this dude, and he's really into having girls kick him in the balls. Really? Yes. She's like, there's a very like specific way he would tell her to do it. And she would spend like, because she's also still going through cancer. Like she's going through chemo, radiation, all of these things. And so it was almost like a a stress reliever for her. So she was like, okay, I'll keep you for 30 minutes. And so she ended up doing that. Then she tells this other story. She goes with this guy and she's like, uh, or he's like, I've never felt this way about anyone. You're making me feel so comfortable. Like, how do you feel about liquid play? And she's like. You want me to pour some water on you? Yeah, or like, like, what is that? I don't understand what that means. You want to play? Have sex in the water? Yeah, like, what is liquid play? And so he's like, I want you to, like, pee on me. and Or I want to, like, drink your pee or something like that. Ah. I, wanna, I think he says I want to drink you. Something like that. <laughs> so anyway. Don't yuck yeah. on him. Don't yuck on him. Don't yuck on him. Don't yuck on him. Don't yuck on him. So she's like, I'm not going to do it to you. He's like, that's fine. She's like, okay. So she describes the story of her kind of, like, you know, squatting over him. She's super nervous, so she just does like a little bit, and then it's kind of like, "Is this okay?" I, I, pee. I don't know. <laughs> he tells her, "You taste better than tea." No, that's not true. Wait a minute. Never mind. I, never mind. <laughs> but wait. I'll bring the so tea. You bring the lemonade. Yes, we'll make so the Arnold Palmer. Wait. So she's done with it, and then she's like. I'm like on medication. Like, did I just poison him? Ah, Medicine pee is different. So she's like, she goes to tell her doctor, like, yo, like I met this guy. He's like into this thing. Like if he's like drinking my pee, like, is he going to be poisoned? Like whatever. So they do like a whole. pee is (laughs) poisoned. So they do like a full workup and she finds out like 85% of her uh, medication is like excreted through bowel movements. And then the rest is through like her pee. So she was like, you know, do with that information what you will. So she went to tell the dude like, hey, I'm on this medication, whatever. He never calls back. I think he kind of freaked out because she was like, I really need to talk to you before our next date. And I think he just kind of chickened out. She tells this other story, last story I'm going to tell. Because this is all the podcast is. It's a bunch of her stories. And this is why <laughs> it, when pee, it like, takes I'm the strong. turn, you're like, hold on a second. This isn't what I signed up for. It is hysterical in the beginning. And then all of a sudden, you're, she's di- like uh, dying and it becomes too much. But she tells this last story about this guy that she met. She's literally on her deathbed. And I mean this quite literally. She was in the hospital on her deathbed. She never comes back home. So she is. this is her deathbed. A guy texts her and is like, "Uh, where are you? I want to see you. She's like, I got really sick. I'm in the hospital. So he says, "Uh, okay, I'll meet you. I'll go up there. I want to see you, whatever. So he goes up there, meets her in the room. The doctor nurse comes in, does her vitals, leaves. He takes off his shirt. No, he takes off his pants and then jumps in the bed with her. Yes. Next thing you know. They're doing medical play? Yes. Next thing you know. I don't remember if he, because she calls him too. I don't remember if it's him or her, but they were like, next thing I know, 
basically my meat was in her mouth and we had a really beautiful experience. On the hospital bed? Yes. <laughs> in the hospital, yes. God, she was really out here. Oh my, when I tell you though, in the beginning, you're kind of like, she's so wild. And then it's all for a reason though. Man, like it listen. ends so beautifully and like so unexpected. I know it's called dying for sex, but it still ends so unexpectedly that you're kind of like, what? But anyway, it's really a beautiful story. Because he knew that he was, it was about to go down. Yes. And that was the thing at first. Men will smash. You finna die? That's what I said. How much time? Two oh, weeks? Let me just, get, let me just they, get a little bit more ahead. I was like, yo, I don't like him. I can't believe he did that. But she was really cool with it. And then when Nikki calls him yeah. to let him know that she had passed, the way he describes this woman is so sweet that you're kind of like, I want you to be more douchey. And you're not. That's kind of, it's a it's an interesting te- testament to how you live if you have no judgment on yourself or your actions. Yeah, he said I like, never considered her to be sick. She never presented herself as sick. I never thought she yes, she was in the hospital. I never she was such a beautiful like he was like crying when it was like and they only met, they texted or like met through Bumble whatever and that was their one and only encounter flesh face to face. Meat to meat. <laughs> meat to meat. <laughs> oh God, yeah. <laughs> it was That's, such, It's such a beautiful dang. thing. And so in the end, she ends up talking about um, how she was doing this, trying to find connection, trying to find her person toward the end of her life. And she wanted, she had this love that she wanted to give. And ultimately she realized that all of this was to realize that the love, her love story was about herself. Mm. Such a beautiful ending. It's such a beautiful ending. She talks about how she couldn't take, um, she wasn't able to take trips because she would always get sick, yada, yada, yada. And so her friend was asking her about like, what are your thoughts about death? Because again, it was very like, it was imminent at this this point. Like everyone knew she was dying. And so she describes it as this trip that was designed specifically and especially for her. Yeah. And she couldn't wait to go on this trip. And she hopes that the trip will be filled with love and compassion because she hasn't been able to travel, you know, over the last 10 years. This is the part. And William says she was coming and going at the same time. She was. (laughs) She was. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> that this listen y'all got to get light because it gets real deep god dog. it's such a beautiful story i do not recommend it however um it really is beautiful i'm ending you're all right yeah yeah, yeah. i'm lending uh yeah yeah we're done here I, I that's why i was like i'm gonna do it i'm gonna just finish on this the name of the podcast is dying for sex if you watch it or not watch it if you listen to it you can dm me and and tell me that you hate me um, understand and she'll, she'll respect it yeah and i will respect it because it's it's so good but it's also really it takes an emotional it's an and I, even with everything that i told you you'll still be emotional because yeah. the way she describes it is just and she's really funny she has a really like a levity to her even in the face of death yeah that's you know it's just really special so all right i'm gonna let you go thank you guys so much for joining me for today's uh, love our episode we'll be back next week same time same channel bye